Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Go Live. We are talking about a controversial topic called waitlist today. So if you've been waitlisted, you're in the right place at the right time. Or if you've been accepted, congratulations. But hey, chances are you've been accepted to some, you've been waitlisted to others, and you're still waiting. And it is April 9th. My guess, you're probably waiting. And so uh, we are in the waiting game. And if you are in the waiting game, please drop a like, share this page right now, because we're about to talk about, well, how do you actually respond to a waitlist? So let's get into it. First off, why do schools even waitlist, right? So I'd like to use UCLA as a prime example. And if you've had the, the privilege of you being accepted or waitlisted, then good luck. Well, congratulations if you've been accepted. But if you're waitlisted to a school at UCLA, how does that come about? Well, first and foremost, UCLA had 113,761 applicants this year, I think. So about 115,000 applicants. And they're trying to fill 6,000 seats. <laughs> how do you go from 115,000 to 6,000 seats, right? So do you just hand out 6,000 acceptances and be done with it? No, it doesn't work that way because... If UCLA only handed out 6,000 acceptances, not all those people would enroll. So there's this thing called the yield. And so colleges have been getting really freaked out about who's actually going to enroll in their schools, right? Because if let's say out of the 6,000 acceptances, only 3,000 of those students decide to enroll, that's called a 50% yield, right? So as a result, UCLA tries to predict how many students will actually yield out of all of their acceptances and in the event that they don't fill all their seats that they need to fill aka the six thousand they then release students off the wait list until the, they have enough students to enroll and fill all those this whole six thousand seats so if that makes sense whatsoever hopefully you can have a better understanding as to why colleges do this now a little bit more history UCs actually never used to do this, or not certainly not as much as they do today, right? The norm that you're hearing this year is indeed unfortunate. It's also to some degree tragic because public universities like the University of California system used to see the wait list as very unethical, actually, because it sucks to have a student wait all the way up until that May 1st deadline right, and still be biting their nails to figure out, okay, where am I actually going to get in? In fact, schools like Berkeley or LA are, are notorious also for releasing students off their wait list after the May 1st, uh, you know, commit deadline. So it just puts students in a pickle because, yeah, on one hand, you have students who are now committing, right, to school, but still waiting, right? And so that puts them in a really tricky situation when, let's say, they committed to UC Santa Cruz and all of a sudden Berkeley comes out in June or July and says, hey, by the way, we accepted you. <laughs> uh, so if that happens to you, feel free to email us and we'll help you out with that situation. But um, how do you actually respond to a waitlist? Well, let's start off by saying you should absolutely check the box for yes. You should absolutely accept a position on the waitlist because it's good to keep your options open whenever possible, unless you know for sure that based on all the results that you've, been, you've, uh, you've seen already, you just wouldn't go there anymore, right? Like we've had students, for instance, who, you know, they've had acceptances, like yesterday, I was just talking to a student who's already been accepted to Davis and they're on the waitlist for Riverside, right? I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Life doesn't always make sense. But in that situation, the student would much rather go to Davis over Riverside. So it's like, okay, probably just not gonna take the spot on the waitlist for use of Riverside. I'll let someone else, you know, just take advantage of that, right? So 
in that situation, you're fine. But most of the time, right, if it's a contender relative to your other choices that currently exist, then you want to go ahead and check yes, right? Now, there's usually two options for how to respond. One, if a school has a formal way of responding, like Davis actually does, they send you an essay request, right, worth, I think, maximum 200 words about why you're interested in applying for Davis, then you have to obviously respond there. But oftentimes, schools don't. They don't have a formal waitlist response process. And in that event, if the school does not have a formal waitlist response process, a lot of students are now thinking about sending a letter to express their continued interest or AKA a letter of continued interest. Now, what's really funny about this is that we've been helping students do this way back when, like over 10 years ago now, it used to be a really rare thing, but now it's like, I get questions about this all the time. Students are asking me left and right about, hey, how do I write an LSEI? Should I write an LSEI? I don't know what happened, but word somewhat got out. I, it used to be our thing only as a college counselor here in the Bay Area. Now it seems like everyone's talking about Lokis or LSEIs. I'm looking out for that Loki movie, by the way. But how do you write a good LSEI? Well, we have a guide for it. So first and foremost, if you'd like, feel free to just shoot us an email and we'll gladly send you that guide if you're in the position where you need to find out how to write this letter. But let me kind of summarize it for you, okay? A good LOCI should be first and foremost sent to the college admissions general email. But if even better, if you have a regional representative, you want to really get in contact with that person instead because that person can become your evangelist. Now, what goes into a letter of continued interest? Four parts. Listen very carefully. All right. Number one, uh, you want to introduce yourself and be very grateful, right? Thank them for their continued uh, interest and consideration in your application, right? And really, you want to be very firm and frank and specific and tell them that you will enroll or you strongly, likely will enroll, right? If you are accepted. Because the whole point, right, is to address their yield problem. Remember, colleges are trying to fill their seats. They don't know which of you guys are actually going to go. So if you tell a college, hey, right, if you accept me off the wait list, I for sure will enroll. Well, that's going to make a reader feel a whole lot better about you versus some other student they haven't even heard from, right, who's also waitlisted, right? So one thing for sure is you absolutely want to send an LOCI to schools that you feel strongly about. If it's a school that you're not necessarily all that excited about, don't waste your time, guys, okay? Don't just blast the LOCIs to every school you've been waitlisted to. That's not right, okay, and it's not effective because it's not true. When you're telling like six different schools that they're your top pick choice for college, let's get real, guys. Hi, Nancy, by the way. Thanks for dropping in over here to the Go Live podcast. Keep going here. So, okay, first part, introduce yourself, thank them for their time and consideration, and tell them that you will enroll if accepted. Second part, second paragraph, you want to really, really, really highlight why. Why is it that you will enroll at that school? So that's where you want to show off your research, right? What exactly about that school is special to you? No, you don't want to name that it's a pretty campus. No, you don't want to talk about its prestigious professors. And definitely not, you don't want to mention, oh, you guys are highly ranked on US News and Forbes. Please, if you write any of that stuff, immediate DQ mindset, right? <laughs> it's like you clearly don't know much about that school. You want to tell them the actual stuff, right, that makes it it, right? So if it's USC, the fact that it's interdisciplinary, has a huge uh, global international student body, right? And really, really has like, you know, it's close-knit feel in terms of its community, right? Or if it's Davis, all about community and collaboration, 
or if it's, let's say, I don't know, UW Seattle, right? If you've been waitlisted there, right? I mean, there's something about the Pacific Northwest that just speaks to about nicer people <laughs> in general, but you really want to be specific enough that, to show that you've done your research and you understand their culture, right? And you want to highlight those things in that second paragraph. Part three, give them new information if you can. Okay, if you can. So this is the optional part, but if you've had better grades, right, since you've applied, if you've accomplished more things and activities, if you've worked on personal projects, if you've volunteered, if you've done more stuff, you wanna really shed light on that now. Now, if you haven't, if you've really slacked and fallen victim to senioritis like me and Reneal over here and many other people I know, and you've just completely tuned it out, right? Okay, the best thing you could do is to reiterate what you've done to exemplify the things in the culture that you've recognized in your, in your prior paragraph, right? So if you're talking about interdisciplinary studies, or if you're talking about helping the community, right, you can really kind of reiterate those accomplishments that you probably highlighted at some point on your application. So this is all about you. So paragraph two is about them. Paragraph three is all about you. What have you done and what has been new since applying, right? And lastly, final paragraph, reiterate your intention to enroll if accepted and be very concise here, right? Give them an opportunity to call you back, shoot you an email in case they need to discuss further, okay? So that's an LOCI, it should not exceed one page. Your LOCI should not exceed one page, single spaced. Don't double space this guys, okay? Single space it, put save it as a PDF and if you're gonna send it out, send it out straight to the general admissions or regional rep if you can find them, right? In fact, if you already know like this as much as I do, you should have already been talking with them. In that case, you should, you should already have a point of contact you can reach back out to as well. So that's if the school does not have a formal waitlist process, right? So that's how you respond. So if they do have a formal, use that. You wanna use the general same formula, right? So let's say UC Davis, you still wanna use the general same format and, and cover the same topics, right? Maybe not necessarily in four paragraphs, but the same general content. If they don't, you go and write your own, let's say on Google Docs, save it as a PDF and then blast it out. So that's really the best thing that you can possibly do. Um, and I wanted to reiterate that you don't want to send LOCIs to every college, okay? And you don't want LOCIs preemptively, meaning like if a college hasn't even told you what the, the, the result is, you know, in terms of the meaning, like they haven't even waitlisted you yet and you're just still waiting, don't send them an LOCI preemptively. That's just going to annoy them. Okay. So, my last couple thoughts on the waitlist, guys, is please be patient. I know it's April 9th. You're probably freaking out about who, where are you going to go for college in the next couple of years? I get it. But there's a lot that can happen in the next two weeks. And from our experience, we've seen that colleges turn their results from waitlist to acceptances typically in the 20s of April, so April 20th, 420, uh-huh, all the way through, right, April 25th is typically when we see most of those results flip. And the worst case scenario is that it doesn't, you commit to a school on May 1st, well, guess what? Let's say a waitlist decision comes out after you committed, right? You can easily, I'm not kidding, guys, we've done this before with former students, go ahead and basically kind of decommit from the school you just committed to, and then now choose to enroll at the other school you just got off the waitlist for, right? This happened last year for a student who got into San Diego. This happened also last year for a student who got into Berkeley. This does, this happens unfortunately too often nowadays, but it's very much doable, okay? So don't freak out in case you still have to wait for the waitlist afterwards, after your commit date on May 1st. So hope this helped guys. <laughs> I know it's a scary process and I have good news for you though. After this process is over, you won't ever have to deal with it ever again. So just be patient. 
um, and really, really do justice on your LSEA if you're going to write one, right? Show them that you've done your research. Show them that you know what they're about and tell them how you are all about that. Hope that helped, guys. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. See you later.